What's happening, gang? Truth Radio Nation. So uh, if you are in the market, perhaps for, for buying a home, or, or maybe you already are lucky enough to have one saddled up next to your name, uh, you probably have begun the process in earnest of trying to figure out language to what in the heck all these different types of homes are that you come up against, either walking your dog through the park or whatever uh, in the neighborhoods that you call home. And so if you're like me, I get a little neurotic about that. And sometimes I find myself uh, uh, reinforcing heuristics and sometimes I find myself more curious and left uh, maybe knowing less than I thought in the pursuit of even trying to dig down into it in the first place. So we got to get someone who actually knows this conversation and does this by trade. So luckily enough, we're flanked by my man, Mark Vaca, M. Vaca Design. And Mark's an architect here who practices locally in San Diego. And so he's going to basically distill down what he calls the, the six most classic types of homes that we're going to come across in, you know, in the heart of San Diego. So Mark... Thank you for coming out, Truth Nation Radio. Thanks, you, my friend. So, Thank you. Uh, why don't you just start off by just introducing folks for the first time who don't know you yet? Uh, what is it that you do, and how, why in the world you're sitting here in this chair in the first place? Uh, I'm an architect. Uh, I've been practicing in San Diego for about 16 to 17 years. Uh, I do predominantly um, additions and new construction. Um, most of the people that come to me uh, actually are interested. They have a style that they love. And they either want it reinforced or they want it ground up new. Yeah. And um, and we go from there. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not going to get into the whole, you know, the the bowels and underpinnings of the ease of, of doing one type of remodel versus a scrape and a ground up and all that stuff. We're just going to keep it 101 uh, for this version anyway. So so let's start off perhaps where we might have even started off locally, you know, uh, when these things were first getting thrown up and erected in, 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 in the communities that we now roost around in, perhaps with no one around it and miles of gaps in between. What's probably the, the, the most fundamental style that it started out with? Um, let's, let's start with uh, the adobe style. Okay. It's also called uh, um, prairie sometimes. Uh, I'm sorry, Pueblo. So the Pueblo slash adobe style, it's, it's very boxy. Yeah. It's pretty stark. You'll, yeah. you'll see... It's got no overhangs. You don't won't see a pitched roof. If you see any kind of roofing, it's um, usually an accent, like an eyebrow or something. An but, eyebrow? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So for the most part... What's an eyebrow? I, like you might just see a small shed of a roof over an entry or ah, off to okay, the side. Okay, okay, all right. Um, but for the most part, it, it usually doesn't have a porch. It's very boxy. Okay. And it's got parapets around the exterior. Yep. Stucco is classic. And a um, parapet is... Parapet is a wall that extends up beyond the roof. Right. So you're not actually seeing like the slant of a roof. Right. You're seeing like the little edifice kind of facade there. Yep. Exactly. So you've got basically a flat roof mm -hmm. flanked by walls. So yeah. you can't see the, the junk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when you come inside, it's again, it's very stark. You might have a small fireplace that's mm -hmm. not accentuated a lot. Hardwood floors, but um, maybe a cove, uh, mm. uh, in a sense, a wall-to-ceiling kind of plaster detail. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's very... It, it, the challenge of the style is, is that it's stark. Um, you're looking for, to reinforce that. So if you like the style, you're really looking to reinforce those elements, the, the starkness. You're not going to have loud colors in a sense. You're not going to have 
a lot of tile. Earth tony kind of stuff, right? Yeah, it's pretty much kind of your black and white style. Mm -hmm. uh, now, the opportunities are, in a sense, you could see it as, as a blank canvas, though. That's the other side of hmm. it. So if you're trying to reinforce the style, those are the pieces that you would um, think about, recognize, and reinforce. Yeah. But as far as moving forward, let's say you'd like to update it. Mm -hmm. You know, as a blank canvas, you really have the opportunities of exploring paint colors, hmm. um, using paint to accentuate. You're really not going to add a lot of um, molding details, mm -hmm. a lot of um, a lot of things like that. You, so, yeah. So it's these. It's the blank canvas, kind of subtle. Yeah. Yeah. And in in my experience, and I think probably more because of the time. Uh, that's associated with these, and we're even kind of starting off chronologically speaking, kind of Adobe at the right. top of the list. You get a lot of like the old small plank uh, hardwood floors and stuff that exactly. if you're lucky enough to have been kept well over the century, you can maybe shave down and bring back up to life. You get like the big, sexy, hardy mantles, sometimes little wood features and designs. A little bit. That, you mentioned those, the cove. Yes, those start to come in a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, for the most part, you'll probably see even the small fireplace sitting right on the ground with just the tile in the floor. Uh -huh. Yeah. And very stark fireplace. Yeah. But, yeah, you'll see the, the beginnings yeah. of the mantles. Right. Right. So the benefit could be that it's kind of blank canvassy. I'd exactly. also imagine, based on what you said, from like a utility perspective, it's super simple, right? Is. Which is probably why this was sort of the genesis and design in mm -hmm. the first place, right? Uh, a lot of 90 degree angles, not too many. Most weight probably hung on the sides of the house, right. you know, for the most part, maybe mm -hmm. like a wall kind of in the middle, and, you know, and, but regardless, super simple. Probably yes. two bedrooms, one bath, typical, maybe three if you were lucky. And then maybe if you were if you if you had it like that the one car garage you right. know if you if were lucky, lucky enough to have a right. car back then, and it's very it's a very compartmentalized architecture. That's a good so when word. you go inside, the living room is the living room. Right. The dining room is the dining room. Right. And this open concept didn't really appear. The back gene then. and the gene the uh, uh, the Ward Cleaver kind of thing. Yeah. Right. In a sense, yes. Yeah, good. Awesome. So maybe if we're going to kind of fall down that line once again, uh, as, as, as styles begin to evolve and you start seeing these things kind of pop up, there's the inclination to kind of one-up almost, right? So you kind of got, you kind of, okay, what's next then after Adobe? Yeah. In, the next, uh, in a sense, the next style up is the, um, the mission style, Spanish mission style. Okay. So we'll start to see, we still have, in a sense, a boxy style, but... Uh, so the exterior is marked by stucco. You're going to start to see porches now. Okay. There's overhangs, protection uh -huh. from the weather. Okay. Um, the exterior also has uh, pitched roofs. So pitched roofs with the clay tile. Uh huh. The we'll see exposed rafter tails. So less parapet. You're actually starting to see now that right. like the tiled roof. Exactly. And, and why 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 was it? Just because the challenge of the flat roof. Perhaps you know. I think what ended up happening was, in a sense, the some of the early settlers. We go from almost an Indian uh, or Native American-based architecture, right? To now we, we're starting to see the influence of the Aha, settlers, like emerging kind of of styles. Interesting yeah, from the Mediterranean architect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, you know the the beginnings of the Spanish, obviously, uh, and then you'll start later on. We'll start to get the hints of uh, Italian. But, yeah, it's the real Spanish influence. And then once those big mission buildings start going up, and then there's a copying of that. Mm. You know, you see this architecture go up where you've got, and there's a lot of dark wood, um, dark stains. 
Um, the materials, so you, we'll start to see hints of detail, which is, you know, we don't just have rafter tails, but we've got shaped rafter tails on mm. the exterior. We've sort of got inside, outside details starting to happen now. Um, so, so you can almost d differentiate, because I think for most people, the Adobe and the Mission would probably kind of be in the same family, and you begin almost to differentiate by the level of intricacy or kind of things that are going on yes. that slips into Mission. Interesting. So what you also see, so now as you go in, so you've got the porch and you've got the overhangs, you've got uh, uh, the presence of wood okay. on the exterior. You go inside, and now the fireplace starts to become more prominent. We okay. still have the hardwood floors. We're starting to get um, molding. Uh, base molding, crown molding, usually simple if it's there. Hmm. Um, the fireplace starts to become more prominent. Mm -hmm. So you'll start to see the mantle being, you know, like a thick piece of wood. Huh. You know, like a three, four inch thick piece of wood with a couple braces that in a sense mimic the rafters holding up the roof. Now we've mm. got the same thing. You know, we've mm. got the rafters exterior holding up these and, and uh, now, are you seeing more exposed beam ceilings because they're doing the pitch? Exactly. So you'll see some of that wood come inside. If it's okay. a single store, if it's a two story, you'll see the single story being like beams with maybe some corbels in the main rooms. Corbels uh, holding up the beams. So the there's a detail usually underneath the be the, the beams. Got it. Um, if it's a single story, what you will see is the rafters uh, exposed on the inside and sometimes the decking. So the, the opportunities in that style uh, really start to open up a little bit more. Now we've got the opportunity for exposed structure. We've got the opportunity mm. to express the structure as detail, where we didn't in the Adobe. Mm. But we still have um, the challenge of a compartmentalized architecture, where the living room's the living room, the dining room's the dining room. But what um, the opportunities in that, for those that are interested in a more modern architecture, but in a sense keeping with the style, is you'll start to see larger rounded openings. Or you can accentuate that beam so in a sense what you can do is run a large beam between the rooms and then that creates the separation of space. So there's a, you know good definition of space. The living room ends here. The dining room or kitchen starts here. But you still have that openness, that flow yeah, I'm that almost we want these days. Hearing you say that it's almost, again, like we were talking about, it's almost kind of like the the one-upsmanship, almost kind of like the luxurious version, like mm -hmm. where the Adobe perhaps left a little left to be desired, mm -hmm. the mission picked up. Yeah, in a sense, one is just a place to live, and now we've got a place got to live that we, you know, has some detail. We're expressing, got in it. a sense, that joy in architecture. No, I think that's that's well said. So is it true then that after that happened, then we sort of jumped almost familial to like n now a completely different kind of iteration that came from that. Is that where the craftsman starts to come in? Now the craftsman's interesting because there was an art and craft style. And, and the, about what period would, would, would that start to have uh, The turn of the century, we're talking late okay. 1800s, 1900s. Okay. And there was an Eastern influence into America. So you've got this sort of arts and crafts coming over um, but then an Eastern influence as well in the United States. And the craftsman style, craftsman and bungalow are, are terms that are sometimes used interchangeably. And today we probably see a craftsman as being a larger bungalow okay. or a bungalow being a smaller craftsman. Or um, a more like ornate sort of detailed, like historically purist version of the bungalow. Exactly. Um, so the, um, the craftsman style, is, if we're comparing it to the, the mission, so now, now we're starting to see, so we still have 
on the exterior, we still have pitched roofs. Okay. We still have overhangs with exposed rafters. Right. But where the mission style has the stucco with the clay tile roofs, we've got a, um, on this one, we've got now shingled roofs with, uh, they're not shaped rafters. Um, there's siding now in, in the exterior. And, um, you know, we, we're getting more into the paint, um, stuff like that. You come inside. So it's really, in a sense, we're going from a, a stucco to a really weighted architecture to really now wood is becoming a prominent factor. And when you say weighted, say that differently. So um, how, how Okay. Would... It, it's, in a sense, it looks like it, it grew out of the ground. Um, you're not going to see, in a sense, a light architecture. You're not going to see cantilevers in like the mission and the adobe i see but almost kind of like a like a f- base heavy footprint exactly almost. yeah You've got a base and you know that's footprint. interesting too because in craftsmen a lot of times they did that actually on purpose that little skirting flare mm-hmm. so that the water would be sort of shed off when yeah. it hit and the if bottom you, if you think of the old foundations you know we didn't have poured in place concrete so right. we were building up from literally building on rocks right and, and she would build up like that and the craftsmen you hope rocks mostly yeah, right. soft you know uh <laughs> Sub, right. sub whatever if clay. You've my house, right. Uh-huh, right. Um, so if you, if you think of it that way, the, the craftsman style almost accentuates that. So where some of the, the foundations would be rock with cement in between, then you start to see with the craftsman, you know, the river rock, the large rock on some of them just pulling up right out of the ground. Right. Usually in a craftsman, if you see a cantilever, mm-hmm. so let's say a room that's out mm-hmm. over the foundation, it's usually an addition. And if they did that back in the day, it was indicative of the style that it was done to accentuate a part of the house that people could see. So you wouldn't do this for, like, let's say, a bathroom, because at the time, the fixtures, all the cast iron fixtures, were very heavy. You couldn't just cantilever a bathroom on wood. Well said. Um, So you would see this, like, in a a dining room nook, uh, maybe a closet. But most of the time, it was, uh, you might have it for a seating area. Yeah. But it was specifically for an accentuation of some public space. Interesting. Not a private, non-use space. So what are some positives to the craftsman, maybe um, juxtaposed for some challenges? Uh, it's a very prevalent style in okay. San Diego. Right. Uh, one of the, I think one of the amazing things about the craftsman style is it is almost like we're, we're getting the hint of a modern architecture. It's very good for open floor plans. It right. lends itself extremely well. Right. Um, and there's still this richness of materials. We're, we're in a kind of an arts and crafts melding. Hmm. And we've got this, um, now we have the richness of materials. We're, we're not seeing the dark wood, so it's not like a dark walnut stain. Right. We're seeing um, stains that really play with that, that, those earth tones. We get, you know, sometimes green or orange or red walls. Hmm. Um, there is... Um, the fireplace is extremely prominent when you come in. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll have the fireplace in the middle. And, and back in the day when the openings were smaller, they would accentuate the whole thing. They would run the tile around the outside. The, the hearth would come up. The mantle would go all the way across from one end of the room to the other with bookshelves underneath. You can visualize and, that. The build-ins. Exactly. And the build-ins are really prominent. Right. Um, 
the the wood again goes from the the darkness now you're seeing like cherry stains in in, in lighter browns red yeah. browns yeah things people like are that. almost starting to kind of show off now a little bit like the home is becoming exactly. the art piece yes. graduating perhaps from like the utilitarian sort of concept mm-hmm. that we came from yes and there's a lot of uh you'll, you'll see a lot of tile that comes in so there's a lot of detail yeah. in this style yeah a lot of the throwback tiles when you see people do remodels now and they do the old pinwheel and the honeycomb and yes. the stuff like this started to come into prominence but here the structure is going away so with the mission you actually see the roof rafters and the beams that are holding up the house uh-huh. now what we're seeing is we might see a boxed beam so the, the trim work becomes mm. more detailed. You'll mm. see built-up crowns. Like porches become very prominent. Porches become Ways to prominent. really kind of show off, like yes. to peacock it's to, the, really, to the street. Exactly. It's really an inside-outside house. We're starting to see the beginning of the styles we're going to talk about yeah. uh, coming up. Yeah. So then what comes next? Like do Because yeah, it's almost funny. Like now, now, now you're starting to kind of almost get like logistic with it, like with location. Right, so everybody, no one wanted anything to do with the beach back in the day. Right, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, that's not so bad," and they right. started kind of migrating and getting like more bold and more bold and getting close. So, is this where the beach cottage begins to come into prominence? Probably, you know, the beach then starts to be like you said. It initially it was in a sense a dirty place, right? And people were more modest, so right. it's not a place where you went, you know, um, stripped down and and enjoyed right. the water, right? Um, and it was. As a second home, people didn't invest as much. So as these become places and events, um, locally, we've kind of celebrated the style. Mm. We've added to it. So now, in a sense, so we've got this craftsman style, okay. which is uh, you know a lot of wood. Yep. It's got the shingles. It's yep. got the siding. Yep. It's got the wood details. So now what we're starting to see is some of that, you know, it's, it's a quick style. It's also a light style. It's an airy style. So where the where the craftsman is these um, earth tones, and it's still like kind of signature yes. pieces landing yes. on a plot. Yes, it's this, interesting how you equivocate it to, to light and heavy. That's very that's that's interesting. Yeah, because now in a sense we're going to uh, the wood isn't earth tones. The wood starts becoming more white. Right. Uh, we get the, the, you know, the light blues. There might be some greens. There, but it's, it's pretty much now about these beach colors. Mm. You'll start to see a little more playfulness with the, um, with the siding. Mm. It's not just lapboard siding. Mm. Sometimes the lapboard siding starts to move up. The corner boards start to go away. Um, the uh, vertical board and bats, you'll see some of that. You'll see some melding of the two, depending on where the person originated from. Sometimes you'll see the vertical board and bats, but then you'll get um, some Georgian details, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's very ornate on top of this very casual style. And that's so how you divide the Georgian style. more ornate. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'd probably the, the best word is to say it's a very casual style. Okay. Um, and if you think about that as you go through the whole house, you're still going to have the hardwood floors as you come in. But... It's going back to a mission-style detailing that is a little more, um, now it's not built-up crowns, it's not um, over-the-top detailing. You mu- the, the detailing is simple. We'll have you know, the, the window framed out. Um, we start to see some uh, wood countertops here. Things like that. Mm. It, there's an openness inside. Also, it becomes very thin. So where these mm. styles developed over the years, and you know, to create an adobe architecture, 
the walls were thick. Incredibly. And then the mission style, tr- true mission style, the walls were thick. Right. And then the craftsman doesn't need that because it's all wood now. We're right. starting to take away some of the, the weightiness. Yeah, you get a little uh, more engineering with it. Yeah, and then now the beach style, in a sense, it's a quick style, mm-hmm. goes up quick. It's, uh, it's also, like I said, it feels light. There's a lot of actual light that's now coming in. The colors are lighter. But then you see um, the, the walls are thinner. Mm. The detailing is thinner. So there are opportunities with that. Um, is it's, it's a great midpoint between, in a sense, the, um, the craftsman style and the, and the mid-century modern that we're going to talk about because you're, you're getting the lightness of the details. Okay. But, now, but we're still doing it in wood. Okay. Um, so is that where the conversation then evolves to the mid-century? He's like, so then how do you make the leap then to Beach Cottage over to mid-century? Well, modern was actually, I'd like to do modern last. Okay. Modern was a reaction to all the, the, the detailing of the arts and crafts movements and the Beaux-Arts where things got extremely ornate. And um, there was really this push, in a sense, in modern architecture to push things back. Mm-hmm. Mid-century modern is um, like a... It's like modernism for the masses. Modernism, okay. modernism as a style is incredibly rigorous. Um, true modernism. It's really hard to do. Mm-hmm. It was thought of at the time as the new classicism. Right. We don't need these columns, these big stone columns, but we still need columns. Mm-hmm. So, and there was a, you know, there was a, um, an ordering. There, there was scale and proportion, and all this was extremely important in classical architecture. Well, the modern at the time, so early 1920s, <laughs> stripped all that away, but still left the cleanness of what made it so great. Almost mm. trying getting, they, you know, this idea of trying to get down to pure architecture. Mm. Um, in that, so we'll come back to that. Yeah. In, in this, though, what you see is this architecture for the masses. The, mm. It's not as rigorous. We have an asymmetrical style, which is kind mm. of nice. Um, like the porch is offset from the, the middle. The porch kind is of offset. Thing. You have an entry that's offset. You have, uh, you're not looking for, you know, in a sense, everything right. lining up. And right. then this hierarchy of space that flows downward and, you know, excessively rigorous. It's, it's which just like Which ju- playful is a great word. With just like to design, you now begin to see the math of engineering start to yes. really flex. Yes, so there's a sleekness to uh-huh. this. So the idea is, you know, um, the cleanness of the lines, but not the rigor mm. of modern architecture. Mm. The, the mid-century modern, the, oh, very interestingly, we start to see other materials that start to become acceptable. Okay. Um, where everything was, as far as a home was concerned, it was very, um, I hate to use the word craftsman since it's a style, but it was about the craft of building or, you know, there was, there was a reality to building with certain tools. Now we start to see the machine have an aesthetic. Plastic starts to become part of the style. The thinness of the chair legs, you know, mm. we still have a thickness Even down here. to the details of the right. furniture. We start to see, you know, thin metal legs mm. because the, the metal can mm. hold us up. Yeah. And we just need the bucket yeah. In a sense, yeah, uh, for our butt. And and you know, I, I think you and I could probably find ourselves quickly f- uh, regressing into the weeds on this. So to stay more kind of one hundred and one, like the mid-century modern is 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 its own little thing. And I, it's to to 
to the non-educated, and I'll raise my hand first to say, almost kind of difficult to spot. So what, how, like, how would you know, if you're walking past the neighbor, first of all, how would you know to spot it? And secondly, what would be some pros and cons to that once you get on the inside? I think mid-century modern sometimes gets accidentally lumped in with modern or contemporary. So because? the way that, um, just because of the, the things that I'm going to mention, the, the glass. So okay. there's a lot more glass now. Now we're getting the thinness. But what they're doing is it starts to become, um, we're grouping things. So we don't have, so where the architecture in the past had, like, what we used to, in architecture, we would call, would call them punched openings. You would have a wall, and you'd have the windows or doors marked in them. But now, with modern architecture, with mid-century modern, we can take out floor-to-ceiling uh, a chunk of window. Yeah. Um, you can have a thin column right. in the corner. Yeah. Um, you, in, it becomes, in a sense, panelized. You might have a lower sort of wainscot down below, uh-huh. but then the you know a ribbon of windows up above. Uh-huh. We're... We're starting to accentuate this lightness. This, like you said earlier, the engineering of it. Yes. I don't need all this wall in yeah. here because the steel is doing yes. all the work. And what you said, the play, you're actually noticing the the this, the the youthful kind of yes. whimsical spirit of a once wall yes. now being played with. And the nice thing about mid-century modern is the materials are still. Um, part of the architecture and part of the beauty of the home. Okay. So you have this opportunity okay. if you get a mid-century modern or if you want to push maybe a, a poor version of a mid-century modern mm. into a full-blown mid-century modern. Okay. I think that's a lot of times actually what we see is mm. um, there are some really good, true examples. But then there were the knockoffs mm-hmm. that somebody tried to get close and then they just said, well, this is too hard okay. or, or somebody added on or... If, so if you want to go back, it really has these opportunities to, and where the craftsman was trying to pull the outside in, mm-hmm. you would still see the porch as a protected barrier. Right. Now we're removing those barriers. The outside comes in even more. Huh. The glass gets bigger. The, the railings go away. Huh. Um, the porches start going closer to the earth. Okay. Um, and it's, it's a lot of fun. As that one's style. still a tough one for me. I think I, 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 when you still see floor like, to ceiling windows, I totally nail that. Sometimes even like the period kind of deal, you almost see like the Art Deco kind of touches and the stained glass and yep. the details exactly. and stuff like that. But difficult still to walk by the street and be like mid-century modern sometimes. It's a hard one to describe verbally. I, yeah. if, I'd say if you can spot it, maybe this is more of an architect way. Yeah. But the, the, the thinness, the sleekness, and almost like the panelized exterior. Panelized. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. you might yeah. see it defined that way, where you'll right. see right. underneath the window. Right. Um, so the siding starts to go away. Okay. Um, not always. The stucco, so there's, you'll, you might start to see some uh, more aluminum on the exterior. Yeah. Good. It's good. So does that sort of then hyperspeed us to the last of the sixth here? Yeah, the, and, modern, and the, the modern push? True modernism is tough because okay. when I talk about sleekness of the mid-century modern... But still, it so stands out, though. Yes. Like, it's in this, it's, there's no question when you're walking by a modern house. Yes, so mid-century modern, it's a good, good contrast here is the mid-century modern is more likely to still, in a sense, have a pitched roof. Okay. It'll maybe do the pitched roof, 
maybe do the flat roof. Hmm. Um, it's about the thinness. Um, the modern is really about pushing the envelope. You know, if I can cantilever this building out 30 feet with no columns underneath, right. I'm going to do it. Right. And then right. the trade-off is you start to take away those materials where the mid-century modern still has like, um, like let's take the fireplace. You could walk into a mid-century modern and it's, it'll still have a brick fireplace. Yeah. In modern, the brick is sometimes seen in a sense as an unnecessary detail. So we start seeing the sleekness, a lot of drywall. A lot of minimalist. A lot, lot of stainless big, steel. Big, tall ceilings. Um, the, yes, the tall ceilings. Because really were, it's, the, it's also it's that steel really came onto the scene, yes. right? Because from a period, where would you say modern kind of... That's the early part of the century. Right. You know, that's when all the high rises start going up. Right. And we're actually, uh, the, the, you know, uh, um, Johnson's Glass House, mm -hmm. really seeing how far you can push. Right the envelope on yeah. this. And that's really where the pushing of the envelope as a phrase mm. is uh, quintessential in a sense. Well said. So it's a, if you don't like modern, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's very hard to go away from it. Whereas the other styles can take and a modern so addition. And it's so signature too, right? It it's like, You're it is literally statement. the thumbprint of the architect. Yes. And it's the, the and the finger wagging the thumbprint was the owner who commissioned that yes, usually. absolutely custom type of piece. Like rarely do you see like a neighborhood subdivided with a bunch of modern homes. Right. You know, they're more like almost sort of like signature stamps in a neighborhood. Yes. Like and then, I've made it, I have money, hear me roar. Yes, and in in a sense what happens then architecturally on the positive for the modern architect okay. is the neighborhood, which is usually homogenous, then becomes the backdrop canvas. Mm. It accentuates. So you're right. If you had a, a whole neighborhood of modern architecture, you've, in a sense, ruined the, the, the greatest exterior advantage that the modern guy has, which yeah. is the showcase of his home yeah. amongst you know, um, yeah. uh, this backdrop of traditionalism. Um, That's well said. It's... it's it really is a signature piece. It's a, it's almost in a sense a style where you really trust the architect. Right. You you give that's some a relationship parameters. play. It is a relationship yeah. play. Yeah, and I think so. It, again, going back to that metaphor, we've been kind of using like walking down the street, obvious, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I would also think we kind of organically almost answered like positives and negatives, just kind of yeah. playing through it. Like mm -hmm. you're basically trying on someone's underwear. It's that personal. <laughs> like if you're going to go sell that house, like it's such a personal the modern, thing. Yes. The modern. And we're generalizing, of course, yes, but that's sir. the whole point of uh, staying 30,000 foot. So what would be... In a sense, it's your, not only on the client side of your trusting the architect, but as a buyer coming in, you're really, again, um, pulling yourself back, letting the architecture and the, the, and the work that the architect did, you're, in a sense, living in his yeah. masterpiece. Yeah, kind that's of. well said, man. That's so. well said. Young man, you have done yes, Truth Nation a solid... Appreciate that. That's an amazing contribution. So uh, if um, anyone else there, right, like me, has been impressed with your uh, contribution to this conversation, how would somebody know to get in touch with you? Um, easiest way is uh, either website, uh, mvaca at uh, uh, mvaca.com, I'm sorry. And the vaca spelled? M as in Mark, V as in Victor, A, C as in Charlie, H, A. So six letters, dot com. Yeah. And then, um, or you're more than welcome to, his phone number is Smart Idea. 
No. <laughs> uh, you can just call or text me, uh, 619-890-9931. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, gang, so uh, appreciate you hanging out here uh, with us. And if you got any questions, go ahead and throw them in the comments, and I'll pitch them over to Mark, and we'll happily uh, um, help you out in any way we can. Uh, we will check you back next week. Thanks for hanging out.